welcome to White Oak. Would you all stand and worship with us this morning? Well, I saw Satan fall high lightning, and I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my signs and wonders and I have resurrection power but the miracle that I just can't get over my name is registered in heaven my praise belongs to you forever and this is my testimony from death to life cause grace rewrote story I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified this is my testimony this is my testimony so come together sons and daughters fall with blood and washed in
take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good you take what the enemy Jesus' name carries. And as we sing this next song, just think about the ways that your life can change if you let Jesus be part of it. Oh, I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Cause I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Till every dark addiction starts to break. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus. Cause your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. So break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn like a fire. Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name. 
within your presence I speak Jesus you all can have a seat lives are being forever changed at White Oak people are surrendering their lives to Jesus and experiencing the full life that he promises when you partner with White Oak through giving you help us to provide environments where people can discover their identity in Jesus and you help us build and maintain spaces where we can be equipped to love and deployed on mission. Giving is also one of the many ways we participate in the work of Christ's kingdom. Your generosity funds ministry in our buildings and communities and around the world. Giving reminds us that we trust and rely on our Heavenly Father to care for and meet our needs. When we give, we're being obedient as followers of Jesus, just as we do when we surrender our lives in baptism, participate in communion, or live out any of the instructions we find in scripture. Today, we want to remind you that you have an opportunity to give. You can give to White Oak in a number of ways. If you'd like to give electronically, you can go to thewocc.com or download our app and click give. If you're in person and like to give cash or check, there are boxes in the back where you can drop those gifts. You can also mail checks to our Coleraine office. And thank you again for your faithfulness and being a part of White Oak. Well, good morning. Morning. It's so great to be with you this morning. My name is Jane Dorman, and I am so excited about today. You picked a great Sunday to join us. It is Baptism Sunday. We're going to have a fire message about baptism later on this morning. But I am just so excited because as believers, we come and we gather every Sunday because we want to encounter Jesus and we want to worship him and it is such a beautiful thing. If you are new with us this morning or is this your first Sunday, we want to invite you to scan the QR code. We have here up on the screen, we also have QR codes on the seat backs that are in front of you. Scan that, see what's going on, learn more about us. And you know what? We want to learn more about you and there's a way to connect with us through that medium right there. But if you are a first-time uh, visitor with us this morning, please stop by the hub before you leave. We have a special gift for you there that just is us saying thank you for choosing us this morning to spend time with you. And we have a little gift for you on your way out. So another thing I want to talk to you about this morning is, you know, it's that time of year. Summer's winding down back to school, might be in session for some of you, and life groups are about to launch here in the fall. And today I want to specifically talk to um, if you are considering leading a life group. Now, leadership, that sounds like a scary word, okay? I know I was a little fearful when I was approached to lead a life group, but let me encourage you. I think this word is for someone here this morning. Um, we have a lot of core values here at White Oak. One is community, and that's what life groups are all about, is being in community with one another and growing alongside each other. Another thing we cherish here at White Oak is authenticity. 
Okay, I remember when my husband first approached me about, you know what, I think we really need to lead a life group. I said, hold the phone. <laughs> I had a lot of fears to, you know, a lot of excuses to give to him. I was like, I don't know if I can host every single week. Uh, our house is not the cleanest house on the block. Okay, am I going to be expected? And um, my husband was like, can we just lean into this authenticity? We don't have to lead it alone. We don't have to host every week. We can invite and delegate that to members in our group. And you know what? Let's live in our authenticity. That means if you have dirty dishes in the sink, maybe you're vac you didn't vacuum your carpet that week, guess what? People kept showing up, okay? Don't let that stop you. We are taking sign-ups this morning for leaders. People, if you are feeling that nudge from the Holy Spirit this morning to, you know what? I think um, I might be interested in leading a life group or even just learning about what that means to lead a life group. We have sign-ups um, in the lobby. We have someone there that has a bunch of information for you. I really want to encourage you to lean into that, okay? Um, because there are lots of people here that are looking for spaces of connection. And you have an opportunity to host that space and be a part of that. And you don't have to do that alone. So be sure to stop by our uh, life group information table in the lobby. Uh, sign up to be a leader, and we'll be having more information about that in a couple weeks as we launch life groups. But without further ado, I just want to say thank you for being here, and welcome to White Oak. Hey, good morning, White Oak. It's so good to be here. Uh, we are in week two of a series that we're calling Blended. And kind of the heart behind this series is we are looking to blend some of the sacred things that we do here at church, some of the things that uh, maybe you think about when you walk through these doors or things that maybe you only practice or, or do when we're here. And we want to take a look at how those things kind of can get blended into our normal, everyday, sometimes we use the word secular, parts of our life. Because if you're anything like me, there's some uh, disconnect sometimes for us where uh, everything can, can be compartmentalized. Where, well, that's kind of some things that I do at church, and this is kind of like my everyday life. And uh, here's the truth, as Jesus followers, all of our life, everything that we do is now spiritual. Everything takes on a new meaning as followers of Jesus even the most mundane things can have purpose. And so whether you're going to the grocery store or you're sitting through your third period class or you're going on a work trip, whatever it is that you might be doing during the week, now you have an opportunity for that to be on purpose living out the will of God. And so uh, one of the objectives of this series is just seeing how this can be infused into our everyday life. And so as a part of this series, Blended, as we're trying to talk through and talk about how uh, our spiritual life, our church life can kind of live outside of this building... We've put together a special event, and I want to tell you a little bit more about it. I want you to save the date for it. On Sunday, August 27th at 5 p.m., we're going to have a White Oak family dinner. And uh, you can think about this as like your old-fashioned pitch-in dinner if you want to, kind of, uh, you know, your potluck, whatever you would maybe call it. Uh, we're going to provide the main course, and we're going to ask people to, uh, to go and, uh, and register on our website and uh, let us know what you would like to bring. There's a bunch of different options there, desserts and sides and stuff. But, but we're just going to have a big dinner because we believe in, Jane said it, we believe in community. We want to be in community with one another but you know what? There are important things that need to happen in our growth and in our life 
that don't necessarily take place on Sunday mornings. And so this gives us an opportunity to kind of break free from that kind of, uh, that kind of model where everything kind of happens on Sunday mornings. And so we're just going to gather together for a big fun dinner uh, where we're going to get to commune with one another. We're going to get to hang out with one another. We're going to get to share a meal with one another. And so we want you to make sure that you're present. Again, the date for that is Sunday, August 27th at 5 p.m. You can find out more information. You can register right now by going to our website. Uh, It's right there on the homepage. And uh, we would love for you to check that out. Today is Baptism Sunday, and as a part of that, uh, we are um, talking about baptism as kind of like that sacred thing. And so part of what we're going to be talking about today is how a one-time singular event like baptism has significance in our life beyond that moment? How does it interact? How, how does it get blended into our everyday life? How does it have power and impact beyond that single time? And, uh, and so I'm excited for us to be able to talk about that. The other cool thing is that we're going to have baptisms today. Uh, we've got some slated for our second service, but we're gonna have an opportunity if someone wants to get baptized today. And so uh, we've got a lot of cool things that are happening as a part of what it is that we're talking Talking about. And so the big thing that we want you to hear, no matter what I say today, I'm excited to get to share with you about baptism, but no matter what comes out of my mouth, no matter what you hear today, I want you to hear this. This is the most important thing that you can hear. Baptism is all about Jesus. Okay? Baptism is all about Jesus. The location isn't important. This isn't special water that we have up here. The, the person that does your baptism, you know, whether it's the pastor or your mom or your uncle, you know what I mean? Like that's not as significant. Uh, it, it is really the work that Jesus first and foremost did on the cross and through the resurrection and what he's going to do in your life. Baptism is important. But what Jesus is doing is at the forefront of baptism. When we look at baptism in the New Testament, uh, the word for baptism is this word baptismo, okay? It's uh, baptizo. And and, uh, this word is not translated from the Greek to the English. They used a different method. It's called transliteration. And and we're getting real nerdy here, but stick with me, okay? Uh, When someone transliterates a word rather than translating it, what they do is they take uh, English letters that are equivalent to the Greek letters and they just spell it out like phonetically, And so we have this word baptism that comes from baptizo. Now, the original Greek word, it it means to immerse or plunge or dip. Okay, that was the original uh, meaning for the word, but it wasn't translated. So a translation would have been any time baptisms mentioned in the New Testament that we would have gotten a word like immersed or plunged. That's a translation. Transliteration means that they took this Greek word baptizo and instead of translating it, they transliterated it. And so we get this word baptism. Are you following along with me? Now, this isn't the only word that gets transliterated into the Bible. And there's a lot of reasons why a Bible translator might choose to transliterate a word rather than translate it. But here we are 2,000 years later and an unintended consequence that can happen from that is that there can become confusion about what baptism is is or how baptism is done. If you would ask almost any scholar that translates biblical texts, they are almost all in full agreement that had baptizo been translated 
and not transliterated in the Bible, the word that would have been used would have been immersed. All right? And so baptism, baptizo, equals immersion. All right? Baptizo equals immersion. And the reason here at White Oak that we immerse when we baptize people is because if you go back through the New Testament and you look at all the indicators and and all the different people who were baptized, all of them are immersed. And so what we do here at White Oak, Jesus himself immersed And so what we do is we just try to uh, go back and find the origin, the the closest to what they did as possible and say, hey, that's what we're going to do. But stay with me. When we talk about immersion, that's just the mode of baptism. That's how we baptize. It doesn't get to the, uh, it doesn't get to the heart of it. It doesn't get to the why And so throughout this message, a couple things that we want to do is that we want you to see, uh, one, the why. Why is baptism significant? We also want you to see why the how, how we're baptized. We want you to see why that matters. And we also want to uh, be able to lay out for you uh, how this is connected to our everyday life. So if you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn to Romans chapter six. Romans chapter six, verses one through uh, four is where we're gonna start. Uh, You can pull it up on your Bible app if you want to. If you do not have a copy of the Bible, we've got some out in the lobby at our hub. We would love to give you a copy of God's word. But Romans chapter six, uh, Paul is talking to the church in Rome and he gives one of the most beautiful pictures of us of what baptism is and what it represents that we have in the New Testament. Now, Paul is addressing an issue with the Roman church about grace. See, there's this thought process in the Roman Christians that because we are fully forgiven, because, because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we have forgiveness of our sins, there was this attitude that, well, I can just do whatever I want. I've been fully forgiven Jesus has forgave me, and so how I live doesn't matter. That was a prevailing thought in the church in Rome. And so Paul wants to address this, and he wants to let people know, no, 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 hold on. How you live very much does matter, and he wants to share with them why. So look with me, Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Paul says to the church in Rome and to us, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And I love what Paul says there. Again, there's so much imagery here. He says, well, what should we say then? Should we just continue sinning so that we can have more and more grace? He says, by no means. And then he says, but don't you know? Don't you remember, he says. He says, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? And I want you to think about the imagery if you've ever seen someone immersed, whether it was here in our baptistry or if it was somewhere else, maybe it was a lake or a pond or a swimming pool. If you've ever seen someone immersed, there's this uh, surrender that has to take place. It's a very humbling experience as we go down into the water as if we are dying to our old self. He goes on, he says, 
We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. Do you see this imagery of being lowered down into the water that we are being buried with Jesus? Our old self being put to death, our selfish nature, all of our own wants and needs, our own priorities. We're saying, I'm dying to that old self. And Paul says, yeah, we, we died to these sins. Why would we want to continue living in them? He says, don't you remember when you were buried with Christ? And then he continues, he says, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, that we too may live a new life. That moment when we're brought back up, raised into new life, our old self buried and died, and now we are brought up new. Baptism for us is a beautiful picture of what Jesus is doing internally. Baptism is a moment for us to be united with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection and be brought up for us in a new life. Baptism for all of us. It's a moment, it's a picture of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. I think that God knew that we needed a moment. I think God knew that we needed a line in the sand, that we needed a, a plant your flag in the ground moment that says from this day on, from this moment forward, something's gonna change. I'm leaving the past behind. I'm dying to that old self and I'm gonna be made new through the power and the blood of Jesus. And from this day forward, things are going to be different. I was personally baptized when I was 10 years old. I was in the fourth grade. And I'll tell you, I don't remember much from the fourth grade. When I was in the fourth grade, we had the space shuttle Challenger. Okay, I remember that. Anybody remember that? It was a tragic event that kind of stands out to me. And I remember my baptism. There's not much about the fourth grade that I remember, but I remember that moment. I remember my grandfather's the one who baptized me and uh, man, he just had me in church all the time. He, he discipled me. He was just always making sure he was taking me to church events and things. And, and my grandfather was just this role model for me. I remember walking in his backyard. We would pick up sticks and get ready for him to mow. And I remember walking in his backyard and I remember looking at him and telling him, hey grandpa, I think I'm ready to be baptized. I remember my pastor coming over to my house. My mom made dinner and uh, my pastor came over and we sat on the couch after dinner and he asked me some questions about what I believed about Jesus. I don't remember much about being 10 years old, but I remember my baptism. And I think that God knew that we needed a moment, a picture an experience that we would carry with us, that we could reflect back on. What did Paul say? He says, don't you know? Don't you remember when you died to your old self? You know, there's not many moments in our life that are like that. And all of them seem to focus and center around life and death. Maybe you remember as a kid going to your first funeral. Maybe you remember as an adult, the birth of your first child. Maybe you remember standing on a church stage or wherever you did it and reciting some vows, a new beginning as you became husband and wife. 
There are moments in our life that we cling to, that we remember. And I think that God knew that for our transformation that was going to take place, that what Jesus wanted to do internally, that we needed this external event that marked us and said, I'm dying to my old self and I'm moving forward new, new life. Baptism is all about Jesus. It's about what Jesus is doing. I want you to turn in your Bibles with me to uh, the book of Acts. Now, the book of Acts is one of the most important books that we can read when it has to do with baptism. Because the book of Acts is the history of the very first church that launched out of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. As Jesus ascended into heaven... He left behind his followers, his disciples, and he gave them a mission to go and preach the good news, baptizing those who were to believe and to launch into this thing that we know now as Christianity. And so the book of Acts just chronicles time after time people who hear or are confronted with the good news gospel message and we get to see how they respond And time and time again, what we read is someone hears the word of God, they are brought to a decision-making time, and the text will tell us that them and their family members and those that were with them are baptized. Now in Acts chapter 2, we see this happening for the very first time. Jesus has just recently ascended back into heaven. Peter and the rest of Jesus' followers are there. And for the very first time, they stand up in front of people and Peter preaches a sermon. He preaches a sermon to the group that he gathered there. And as he's talking to them, he says, you know that Jesus, who you, the crowd, crucified, he was the son of God and he came as the Messiah, the one who would save us from our sins. Now Acts, the book of Acts tells us that these people were conflicted, they were confronted, they were convicted. And the question that they asked was, what should we do? So in Acts chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 37 through 39. Look with me. It says, When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Verse 38. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all those who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. What's Paul's or Peter's uh, response to this group? Repent, turn away from your sin, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins so that you might receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want you to hear me. Water can't save you. Okay? Just simply getting wet is going swimming. But there's something powerful that happens when our faith and our actions collide. When we're willing to humble ourselves. Jesus does all the work in baptism. We just simply have to submit. We have to surrender. I want to speak to you really quickly. If you are here today and you were baptized as an infant, I want you to know that, uh, that I actually applaud the work that your parents and grandparents did to set you up, to establish you on a path to know God. I take nothing away from that moment in your spiritual life. But I just, I need you to know that what we read in the New Testament, what we see as an example of baptism are individuals who on their own make a conscious decision that they 
want to follow Jesus. And I know that that's a wrestling match for some of us. And, and, we, and we wonder what that might say about our ancestry. We wonder what that might say about our grandparents. We wonder what that might say. And, and I'm not trying to tell you anything about what it says, except for what this says. And what we read time and time again are people choosing on their own that they want to be followers of Jesus. Baptism is all about Jesus. Now, a part of this series, we've looked to do kind of two things in this series because we're talking about these sacred things that happen here like baptism. We want to define them for you. We want you to better understand what it is, what we're talking about when we talk about prayer or when we talk about baptism and some of the things we're going to talk about in the coming weeks. We want you to have a fuller understanding of what they are. But we also want to talk about how they blend into our everyday life. Because here's the thing. If your baptism happens on a day and it stays there and that's the only time you think about it, it's the only time it had any power or significance in your life, I think you're really missing the point of what Jesus wants to do in you and through you. I think it goes back to what Paul said to the Romans. When confronted with whether or not they should just continue sinning or not, Paul says, I want you to reflect on, I want you to remember back to your own personal baptism, he said. You remember how in that moment you died to your old self? You died to sin, he said. Why would you want to live this way any longer. And, I, and so I think for us as believers who have been immersed, and that's something that happened in our past, I believe that every single day there's an opportunity for us to reflect on and to remember the power of that moment where we chose, where we surrendered, where we said, God, you can have it all. I'm dying to my old self and I want to be born new. And if we allow some of these things to just live in this building or just to live on Sundays and they don't have any power and they don't have any significance Monday through Saturday, I think we're missing the point of what God wants to do in our life. You see, if you're like me, even though I said on that day when I was 10 that I wanted to be made new, even though on that day I was lowered down into the water and my old self had died and I was brought up saved, forgiven, transformed, I have this habit. I keep going back to dead things. I keep going back to things that I, I know won't bring me hope I know they won't bring me life. I know that they won't even satisfy my needs, but I continue to walk back to these dead things over and over again. And so there's a moment where I just have to reflect. There's a moment where I have to remember. There's a moment where I have to call out to God and say, God, on that day, I I, I died to my old self. Give me the strength and the power to not live there anymore. We began in Romans chapter 6, and I want to go back there with you. We're going to look at verses 5 through 7 as Paul kind of puts a bow on this for us. He says, For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like this. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Two things that stand out to me as we look at that. I've been united with Christ See, my life is no longer just my own. This series is called Blended. And it's really, at its bare, it's this idea that I'm not my own. 
I've been transformed. There's something that uh, has happened in my life. The Spirit has become on me, and now my life is blended with God's. I've been united with Christ. And he says, I've been freed from sin. Why would I want to live in it any longer? And so there's power, church. There's power in having a moment where I can look back and I can remember. But for a lot of us, there's this, there's all this stuff that just holds us back. Paul was preaching to a church in the book of Acts and, and he shared the good news and he, he just really laid out the message of hope for them. And then in Acts chapter 22, verse 16, he said this. He says, and now, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized and wash your sins away, calling on his name. You know, I do a lot of baptism conversations and I begin and I end with this same question. What are you waiting for? What is it that's holding you back? Do you feel like, man, I don't quite know enough. I wish I knew more about who Jesus was. Church baptism isn't the finish line. It's the starting line. Maybe you feel like you're not good enough. You're just like, if I could get my life in order, if I could get my life in order, I would be ready. I'd feel more prepared for this, for this moment. It's not the healthy that need a doctor. It's the sick and the broken. And if you wait until you get your life together, let me tell you, you will never be ready to meet Jesus. Because he wants to meet you and take you exactly where you are. And so every single one of us, we have things that hold us back. We have things that get in the way. We have things that kind of try to conflict with our relationship with God. And I want to ask you, what are you waiting for? This morning as a part of our message, we're going to take communion in a moment, but then we're going to sing a song. And if you're here today, and you'd like to be baptized today or you just simply want to learn more about being baptized, I'm going to be down front. And so while we're singing that song, come down and find me. You could be buried with Christ and raised anew and that memory could be etched on your heart forever today. <laughs> Baptism is all about Jesus, what he wants to do in your life and how he wants to make you new. Dying to your old self, being raised with Christ brand new. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for your son, Jesus. I thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to come here and worship you, God, and I thank you for new life. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Like Kevin said, we are about to enter into a time of communion. And so if you did not grab communion on the way in, it is in the t on the tables in the back. If you did grab that, please go ahead and get that out. But wow, what a powerful reminder of the gift that we have been given that we can accept from Jesus. And so before I give you some time to reflect and take communion, I just want to remind you that that bread, like Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup and he said, this cup, it's a new covenant in my blood. Take and drink. Do this in remembrance of me. And so we're reminded that every time we eat the bread and every time we drink the cup, we are proclaiming the Lord's death until the day he comes again. And what better day to just sit and reflect on that than baptism Sunday. So when you're ready, you may take and eat the bread and drink and remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for you.
God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you have done for us. And God, we thank you for this time to reflect on the gift that we've been given. It's in your son's holy and precious name I pray. Amen. Would you all stand with us as we sing this song that just declares how good God is to us and what he has done for us? Father everlasting, the all-creating one, God Almighty. Through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior. Oh, I believe in God our the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. Forgiveness is in you. Descended into darkness, you rose in glorious life. can have a seat. Awesome. Yes. Amen to that. What a powerful morning it was. I just love listening to Kevin talking about baptism, and it made me think back to the moment when I said yes to Jesus and was baptized. And I thought it was really cool because Holy Spirit was really speaking to me, and he actually brought up this moment of, remember when you baptized your friend who said yes 
her and her husband said yes to showing up to a life group that we, my husband and I were leading. And that was just such a powerful moment because transformation can't just be held into Sunday morning. Transformation in our spiritual walk goes Monday to Saturday as well outside of this. So again, we are looking for life group leaders. We are looking for people to say yes to that nudge you may be feeling of like, you know what, I think I can do this. Remember, life change happens in community. It's a core value that we hold here as a, at, at White Oak. And it's also, we lead with authenticity, okay? There is no cookie cutter rule to leading a life group. It is where transformation happens outside of Sunday morning. So I just really want to encourage you because God is inviting you into the work that he's doing in this world. Will you say yes? Will you say yes to leading a life group? Because there are tons of people at White Oak. Again, they are looking to connect in different spaces outside of Sunday morning. You could be that opportunity for them. So again, we have a uh, table in the lobby. I encourage you to go out and just even just to learn more of what being a leader of a life group looks like for you. Also, again, if you are new with us, thank you for joining us this morning. Be sure to stop by the hub on your way out. We have a special gift for you for just showing up and saying yes to us today and worshiping with us. Um, again, thank you for joining us here at White Oak, and have a great Sunday. <laughs>